Hey there, friend. Chances are, if you're listening to the Inventory Genius podcast, it's because, well, you really want to become an inventory genius. If that's you, then let's stop just listening. Let's stop just collecting information. Let's start doing. I want to invite you to grab your copy of the Inventory Genius book. I wrote this book with you in mind. It delivers bite-sized actionable steps that will help you use your inventory to create more profit and keep more cash in your business. This is a really easy to read book. In fact, I designed it specifically for the busy inventory-based business owner. It only takes about two hours to make your way through and you're gonna leave with practical bite-sized steps so you can start implementing the principles of the Inventory Genius Method immediately. Head on over to sierrastockland.com where you can grab your ebook, your audible version, or the printed copy. Enjoy. Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra, and today I have a friend on. We're going to be talking about thinking big um, as women in business. She um, is a genius when it comes to creating a really phenomenal thought life as business owners. I think we, you know, around here, we talk about numbers all the time and profit and financials and inventory, and that's all really important. But as my friend and I have chatted about multiple times, if we don't have the right thought patterns or we aren't thinking about our life or our business or the outcomes that we want to create properly, we can sometimes find kind of a a hitch along the way. And so I'm really excited to chat with my friend, Andrea, today. Welcome to our show. Thanks for having me, Sierra. I'm excited to be back. So tell us who you are, where you're from, why we should listen to you today. Give us the lowdown. Okay. I could say, because I'm the mom, you know, when we say to yeah. our kids, like, you're going to listen, but I'm not going to say that. My kids are because I'm mom, so, because I said, right? so. yeah, <laughs> because I said, so. but I'm not going to say that. Um, so my name is Andrea Libros and I live in Indianapolis, right outside of Indianapolis. Um, I grew up in Boston. So I like to say, you know, I'm kind of a new Englander transplanted into a Midwestern. I did not know you were a hardcore East coast lady. That's why I like, you. Yeah. You're just like here's what it is. That's why here's what it is. I've been known for just kind of telling it like it is. Yeah. One, of my, one of my clients said, uh, I don't know. How did she say it? Something like tough, like it's like tough love with a smile, yeah. like that kind yeah. of thing. So, um, but we've lived in Indianapolis since 2000. So my kids were born here and We've been here building a house, all these things. Um, But what I do when I'm not making decisions about a new house or talking to my kids, I I help entrepreneurial women really get the mindset they need to grow their businesses and grow themselves in the process. Because I think really it's, it's almost like one of my favorite quotes is being an entrepreneur is a journey in personal development disguised as an entrepreneurial adventure. Like it thinks, you know, you think it's going to be all super fun and adventurous. Um, But really what goes on is that you've got to grow yourself in order to grow your business. You've got to harness your thinking, like get a hold on it. I like to say, manage your mind Yeah. in order to grow your business in order to create a profit. Right. So 
there's, I say it's kind of a combo of mindset and systems in order to have a successful business. And probably a good 80% of it is mindset and yeah. 20% is systems. But, but we like to just jump right into the action. Like, just tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. So I always say, okay, yes, we will get to what you need to do, but let's start with your thinking all starts with your thinking. So I, I coach, um, these entrepreneurial women on mindset and systems, um, from most of them, you know, some of them are kind of in the beginning of their businesses and some of them are making seven figures and some of them are still solopreneurs and some of them have a team of 100. I would say my sweet spot is people that, that have, you know, five to 10 team members is really where I love to be. Yeah. So. And all different types of businesses, all different types of businesses. So there are some brick and mortar businesses. Um, there are some people who have virtual businesses. Um, you know, there are some people that are selling products. Some people are selling services. And I would like to, I like to say, even if you're selling a product, you are selling a service too. Yeah. So, you know, the, that, that thinking comes into play no matter what. So how yeah. did you get into the coaching space? Cause you were trained life school. Trained. So I was like, trained. how did you decide to do this? Yeah. So, um, in the intro of the book, she thinks big, I talk about this because I kind of had to get a handle on what was my own story. Like, how did I end up here in yeah. order to create, you know, a book that I felt was, um, useful to others. So how I particular, how I got into coaching specifically is I was working for a company for about 10 years who, um, sold their, their business with women's clothing and okay. they sold direct to customers, not in a party format. It wasn't like a, everybody hosts a party. It was women would have a showroom in their town and they would invite people in by appointment. So it was like personal shopping. Okay. okay. But you carried this particular line of clothing and I was recruiting and hiring and training new business owners for them. Okay. And you know, and I was one of them in the beginning. So I, I, I had done the, I had figured it out, right. Done it on my own had become successful. And then I kind of went more into this corporate role. And what happened after 10 years, I had a lot of big thinking, right. And, and the joke was, if I have one more big idea that I present to the upper echelon that they say, that's a great idea. And then nothing happens. I'm going to quit. So yeah. after a while I had too many big ideas <laughs> and I was tired and I was like, I'm out. Yeah, But I had to reflect, like, why did I stay there for so long? Like, what was, I mean, I didn't have to stay there for so long. What, what was it? So when I reflected on that, the part I really loved is what they were calling training, but I'm calling coaching. So okay. this was when someone had, you know, someone, they're all, they were all women. They had established their business. They were creating a profit or so they thought. And, but now the going kind of got rough. Yeah. So they started to hit roadblocks and some of them were just thinking roadblocks and some of them were true, I would call obstacles, but how did they get past that? How did they get to that next level of growth? Or I like to call it like the spiral. It's like a spiral of growth. How did they get to that? How do they keep the spiral moving upwards and helping them figure out what was the problem? Like, where was the problem? How would they fix the problem? Um, and at that point in the game, they were really starting to think small, like, well, I mean, nothing's really wrong yeah. right now. Um, 
nothing's gone wrong. It's all okay. So maybe I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I, I think there is an element of keep doing what you're doing, but what, I'm just going to not even, not even try to get past this kind of little lump. I'll just, it'll, it'll work itself out. Kind of just really staying small and staying in a box. And when yeah. I reflect back on it, okay, now, like, I mean, I've been out of it now for five years or six years. I was stuck in my own box in that position, right? So I was stuck in my own box and that was what was driving me bananas. And that's why I wanted to leave because my thinking had to get small in order to adhere to all the rules and regulations of this kind of corporate entity. But I was still a 1099. Like I still my own business anyway. I really wasn't their employee. So you know, I was having to think small, which was driving me nuts. And then these women who I was training, i.e. coaching, what I loved, it was coaching them out of their small thinking yeah. and into the big thinking. So that's kind of how this all came about. That's how I kind of got into what I got into. And then um, over the past year, written this book, which really forced me to reflect on what was going on. So if you're listening and you're like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Do I think small? Do I think big? There's, it's kind of a skill, kind of a skill of thinking big, thinking small. You don't need any skills because we do that automatically because there's, I like to call it like our inner cave woman is in there just keeping us safe, safe and efficient and comfy. Safe, easy. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're going to think big, you've got to change something. Yeah. So So let's talk about thinking big, four keys to thinking big. Um, what would those be or how can we, yeah, how can we start to push ourselves into that next level of the way we think about business life, whatever business life, all the things. So, okay. So big thinkers have recognized that really their stuckness, their fear, their, you know, staying in the same lane kind of thing. That is all coming from that inner cave woman, right? That it's called motivational triad. If you want to get all into the science of it, you know, keeping things easy and efficient and comfortable. Okay. So how do you harness the fear? Because it is part innate in us, like as humans, it's okay to be a little scared, but how do you harness that fear and sort of flip the script to get a different outcome? And and I've kind of narrowed it down to, I think there's four things. So number one, is what I call consider your thought options. Okay, so consider your thought options. So all thoughts are actually optional. I know that may be kind of a mind twist there, but everything you're thinking is really optional. And I like to kind of picture this, consider your thought options as pretending you were at a wedding and there's a waiter walking around with past hors d'oeuvres and he comes up to you and he says, Sierra, take one. And you kind of look at the tray and you're like, huh, should I have a, you know, spinach square, shrimp cocktail? What should I have? So that's, that tray of hors d'oeuvres is just like a tray of thoughts. You get to choose what you want to think on any given day about any given situation. Yep. And what we think is really going to drive how we then feel. And then that's going to trigger how we react or don't react or overreact, whatever it is, yeah. right? That's like a, a triggers our action, our inaction, um, or our reaction, all of that. So you have to kind of recognize as this business owner that you have choices. Like when you're looking at your numbers, because you're all right, we're talking about numbers. 
you can choose to think this is horrible. Like, yep. I can't believe I'm in this place. Or you can think of it as just very neutral. Like, these are just numbers on a page. There, yeah. There's no emotion attached to them unless I put emotion into them, right? Yeah. Unless I think a thought that creates the emotion, right? Or you could think these numbers are great, all right? Now, the same part, the next, the, or sorry, different person comes over and looks at that same profit and loss statement and says, could think totally opposite for you. Well, these are amazing. Like, why are you so upset? Or they can yeah. think, oh, listen up. You better be checking out this particular line, right? So we have options about how we think about anything. And especially in looking at numbers, I see too many of my clients fall into this kind of woe is me trap. Like, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not making enough. I don't know if I can afford this, whatever. You know, the truth of the matter is you get to think about it however you want to think about it. Right. So consider your thought options is the num is the first key to thinking big. And you can think big, like, okay, I don't care what the numbers are. We're changing them. Let's go. Right. Yep. There you, that's already putting you in like a different place. So that's number one. Number two is target the real problem. Okay. So target the real problem. And I see this manifest in two different ways. Number one, if we're thinking small, we're usually attaching a lot of backstory to our current day thinking. So sometimes yeah. I'll get on a coaching call. This probably happens to you too. And someone's giving me this whole history, you the know, story, like, yes, the, the story, story, right? The whole big story of why this is happening or not happening or whatever. Okay. No, that's, I don't care. I mean, not that I don't care, but I don't care about the backstory. We're, we're here today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what are we going to do about it today? Okay. Do you feel like the stories we like to bring into an explanation is another mechanism to help us feel guarded? Like, let me give you an example. So yeah. I was just talking to a gal. I don't know her very well, but I'm talking to her about a race that she has coming up that I'm also doing. So I just met her that way. We're not friends. We're not really even acquaintances, but she, I was just like, tell me about what, you know, what you're thinking. And right away, she's like, well, I'm doing this, but then I'm also doing this right before it. So I'm not really looking for like a really great outcome at this race because, and I was like, okay, you're setting yourself up so that when you don't have the outcome, you've already created the reason. So you feel better about yourself. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I was, like, yes, I was yeah. identifying that. Do we, yes. do we think that's what we do? Is that why we tell the story? Yeah, because, yeah, because our brain is really an expert at providing evidence to support whatever we want to support. Right. Yeah. So she's like, well, and I'm already, she, she wants to support her not so great outcome right? that she thinks so, she might have in case she does, right, she can have an right. excuse ready ahead of time. So she's got, so, so her brain's already done all the thinking of how she's going to justify that. Right. Yeah. I so we get really, so interesting. it's, I, that's, that it's really good at that. It can, I like to say it can find evidence to support any thought, any decision it's, it's out there, but What's interesting, even in that example, is when I say target the real problem, yep. 99.9% .9 of the time, the only problem is that you don't want to experience a negative feeling. That's yeah. the problem. Okay. So in that case, she's already bracing herself for feeling disappointed on race day yes. with whatever her outcome is. Okay. So she's, th that's, 
the real problem is really just you not wanting to feel a negative feeling. That's it. That's it. And if, and if you think about it, if, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen that I feel disappointed or I feel frustrated or I feel overwhelmed or I feel discouraged, like, is that so bad? Can you move? You, you can get over that. Like, you're, I know, I don't even know you listeners, but I know you can get over that. Right. So the real problem is usually just you not wanting to feel a negative feeling. It is not about the weather conditions of the race. Cause let's pretend it rained that day. Okay. Yeah. It is not about um, the fact that you only had five people walk into your store last week. Right. It's how you felt about those five people walking into the store last week. Like yeah. I just um, was coaching a client who does have a storefront. And she said to me, well, in the last week, last week, only 11 people walked in. Okay. I said, so, and she, she said, and there, and only two of them bought anything. Okay. Now she has a store. It's a, it's furniture, it's interior design. Like people aren't, I said to her, are you expecting that someone's going to walk in off the street that you don't know and go buy a couch in 20 seconds? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Well, she's like, that's a good point. I said, so what if we, the real problem here is not only 11 people walked in. The real problem is you're thinking that that's not enough or that, you know, no one made an instant purchase. But what if you flip the script and was like, oh my gosh, those are 11 very warm leads. I am going to now nurture yeah. the heck out of them. And I will bet that, okay, two are instant buyers, but I bet maybe five of them are going to become clients in the future. Like, how does that feel? She's like, well, that yeah. feels so much better. And I was like, and listen, they're real humans. Like they're not just email addresses. They're humans yeah. too. That's yeah. valuable, right? So the real problem there is not the 11 people. It's not that only two are buyers is that she was having a thought, not picking the right option and feel experiencing this negative feeling. And we can yeah. solve this. Like we can, we can, there's so many things we could do to turn those people into buyers. Like, let's go, let's figure that you know out. What's, and what's so interesting is how our mind, well, I, this is me, I'm speaking for myself, but I okay. can negotiate really well with myself. And I find that yeah. a lot with athletics because it's hard. It's, you can do anything when you're sitting on the couch, dreaming of it. You're like, oh my goodness. I'm blah, blah, blah. And then when you're yeah. out doing it, you're like, this hurts. I don't like it. I want to quit. Right. So in the example of that gal, if she's already chosen that thought, like I'm going to do this. And because of this, yeah. this isn't going to go well. She's already chosen that. I guarantee you when she's out on that race course and it's hard, she's going to be like, well, of course, you know, I knew it would be hard. Of course. I can't right. do that, but I'm here. And that's, you know, so I can just walk, I can, whatever. Or in the case of the lady with all those clients coming in, of course they didn't buy I only had 11 people. I'm never going to make my sales goals or Oh my goodness. Like 11 people walked in. I am now yeah. like top of mind. Like it's a completely different. So then the it's, action we take is so different, right? Cause we're not negotiating yeah. with ourselves on the loss. Totally. Of course. I'm the loss. loss. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And like in the running case, right. Just think about how, when she's, if I don't know, let's pretend it was a marathon when she's at mile 21. Okay. And she's like, okay, I'm, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. If she's, if she's like, well, I'm just going to walk the last five miles versus, Hey, I am going to run for as long as possible. You know, like it's because just, I a get whole... to do two races in yes. three weeks and this is yes. amazing. And I'm super strong. That's a completely different way than, yeah, well, totally. I knew it would be like this because yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the woman with the store, I mean, she was coming at me 
this whole, how this all happened was she's like, I really have to be beef up my marketing efforts. I've got to be, um, she, was, she had a hundred ideas. I was like, okay, we can do that. But why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And so then she goes into the 11 people and the two, I said, what if instead you personally picked up the phone and called those 11 people and tried to have 11 conversations? Which do you think is going to be better? Like creating the real or having the 11 conversations? I like reels too, but which one, yeah. you know, so but she already had like her actions were already like, let's create 62 million more of social media posts versus yeah. that was kind of like her excuse. Cause you know what? That's easier in a way yeah. you don't have to talk to anyone. Yeah. So our brain can come up with lots of excuses to support whatever we want to think. Okay. And so we don't want to feel negative. So then we come up with all of these thought options that help support not feeling negative. Like, well, I don't need, I'm not, it's not going to be so great anyway, because whatever, whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. So number one, consider your thought options. Number two, target the real problem, which PS is usually just you not wanting to feel something negative. Three, embrace ambiguity. Okay. So here's what I mean by this. Embrace ambiguity. Uncertainty is real. Like we don't know what's going to happen this afternoon or tomorrow. We don't know. Okay. And you could be in a state of fear around that. And there are people Mm. out there in the world, right. That don't want to leave their houses because they're afraid of whatever. Right. There's a lot of psychology in there and neuroscience, but uh, uncertainty and ambiguity are really inherent in entrepreneurship. Okay. Like it's just part of the deal. The name of the game. Yeah. It's the name of the game. I mean, it's like, it's, it's big letters, bold. And this uncertainty and ambiguity never leave. So I'm sure we've, I'm guilty of this too. When the race is over, I will feel so much better. Or when, the, you know, when I have 20 people walk in in a week, it'll be amazing. Okay. So that's, that's ridiculous because there's going to be something else that you're not sure about that's going to drive this fear. Yeah. Okay. Now we've really kind of tied to this is we've got to recognize that we will never have all of the information, right? Mm -hmm. There's never going to be a place where we have all of the facts. Like you could even say in your, how you're like, okay, look at your profit and loss statement. Like there's facts on there, right? There's the numbers of the facts, but there's so many things that are not known. We're going to change and we're going to change the numbers. But there are so many things that are unknown that no matter how we try to approach this, there's still unknowns. Like it's, yeah, we, we delay also, we delay taking action because we say we need more information. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm not going to tackle trying to increase, um, revenue because I'm not sure if blah, 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 blah. Right. If I'm going to have enough people or if I'm, yeah. yeah. Right. But I was like, this is like a science experiment. It's a hypothesis. Okay. Let's, let's assume you're going to have enough people. Now what, right? You gotta, you've got to think, treat things like science experiments. Okay. You have to, and in the science experiment, put on your like sixth grade, you know, Bunsen burner hat, right? We didn't know what was going to happen. We had a hypothesis, but we got to see if we could prove the hypothesis right or wrong. Okay. Same thing in entrepreneurship, right? It's the same thing. So often when I have a prospective client call, like a consult, 
um, you know, we'll talk and, I, and I'll say, okay, I think I can help you. And these are the ways I think I can help you. What do you think? Oh, sounds awesome. Yes, totally. in. Go for it. Then they'll say, okay, but I'm going to take a day or two to think about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, okay. I mean, I support you. You can think about it. But then I always say, Hey, can, can I have permission? Can I put my coach hat on for one minute? I'm going to take my like consult call hat off. I'm going to put my coach hat on. Sure. Okay. So then I say to them, what exactly are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What? Well, I just, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if this is the right option or if I should wait a few weeks or, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this till the next full moon. I don't know. So what's happening there is that their, their brain is trying to find more information to support whatever decision they're moving towards. Yeah. Okay. And our brain is so good at, remember, at finding all of that information, yes. all those like reasons, right? So the thing that they have to remember there is you're never going to have all of the information. Okay. Yeah. And your brain is going to kind of going to go out searching for all of the reasons, usually why you shouldn't do something because it wants to keep you in your safe little box. Keep and remember, nothing's really wrong right now. You're okay. You're on this call with me. You're alive. <laughs> People are well. So yeah. your brain's going to find evidence to support usually staying in the same place. Okay. It's not going to find the information to support creating the big change because that's scary. And it's yeah. going to come tell, keep telling you, you don't have all of the information. Like you're just not ready yet. Okay. That, how many times have we said that? I'm just not ready yet. Yeah. So number three is embrace ambiguity. That's number three. Okay. Number four, last one. We're at the end. Number four is seek support. Okay. So big thinkers, if you're trying to move past your small thinking and you are trying to become a big thinker, you need to seek support. All right. Now there's kind of two ways I want to talk about this. Number one is in the book, I talk about working in um, being extraordinarily committed and working in your zone of extraordinary achievement. All right. And I have a whole, there's like a toolkit in the book that you can go to the link and download what's called the matrix, the extraordinary achievement matrix. And on there, I have a series of questions. It's really, truly like a matrix or a rubric. If I put my, you know, sixth yep. grade hat on. Okay. A rubric of, Hey, these are the questions that you have to ask yourself. And you, by answering these questions, you can determine, do I need support on this or not? Do I okay. need to delegate this? Do I need to learn, truly learn more in order to do it? Is this something that's even going to support my, me and my business? Or is this just kind of like a shiny object? So it kind of helps you determine, is this a shiny object? Is this something I should sink my teeth into? Am I the person that should sink the teeth into it? Or should a team member sink their teeth into it? So I encourage you when you get your hands on the book to go download that toolkit and check out that matrix because it's going to help you figure out what kind of support in your business you really need or not or don't need so that's kind of yeah. part a of seek support part b of seek support is a whole other thing, a whole other kind of shift okay go back you're five years old you're in your bed you have your favorite stuffed animal 
you're snuggled up. It is very comfortable in there. It is like you love being in there. And if you're a teenage girl, I don't know if anyone has a teenage girl, you also like being in your bed. It's very yeah. comfortable and very like you want to be in your room with the door shut. That yeah. happens in my house. Okay. Now put your entrepreneur hat on. Okay. Entrepreneurs are jolted out of bed very often into positions that are not comfortable and not yeah. supportive. You don't have a stuffed animal. You don't have your phone. You can't watch YouTube. You can't Snapchat your friends. Okay. So you're like standing at the side of your bed, almost naked. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do if you're the adult now and, and you're not comfortable, you seek support in the form of other humans. Okay. So coaches, mentors, friends, community, being in part of a community, being part of a support network, that is going to be your support. It used to be your stuffed animal or your phone. Okay. Now, if you're going to really think big and move forward, I mean, you need human support. So that's why yeah. I say to everybody, I mean, maybe it's me, maybe it's not me, but you, maybe it's you, maybe it's not you. You've got to have a tangible, not just a um, person behind us. You have to have someone that you can call on yeah. And connect with, not just listen to, but can connect with in order to have the support you need, because you're going to just keep going back to the comfy, cozy, go back to, oh, this is so scary. Go back to, I'm going to make 20 excuses unless yep. you've got that support. That support is really what does it. Yeah. So that's the fourth thing. So good. So good. I mean, that's just such a good framework. I'm excited about your book and be able to just read through and hear your story and how you made these discoveries, get those tools. Oh, so good. Yes. Yeah. So, good. so when you, I mean, you've worked with so many business owners and I have to, you and I've had this conversation, you know, we can give a group of people, we have a hundred women in a room. They all have some sort of problem. Maybe they're kind of tied together related. Let's say in my case, they're all some something having to do with money, financials, inventory, right? So they all have the similar problem. We give these hundred people the exact same tools, exact same access to me or to you, exact same support. Some make progress. Some don't make progress. Do you think it's the idea of thinking big? Is that what separates like? Yep. I that. think it's okay. So I think it's what I call the ones that will say reach their goals or feel yep. successful. They have become what I say, extraordinarily committed. Okay. So the ones in the room, all hundred people in the room, they are definitely, they wouldn't be there if they weren't interested. If they didn't want it. Yeah. If they didn't right. want okay. something different. If, right. So they're interested in changing something. They're interested in different. Yep. But are they committed? Okay. So there's a difference between being interested and being committed. And I'll even throw another word in there. There's also a difference between being attached to what it should look like and just being committed to working at it for as long as it takes. Mm, okay. That's good. So yeah. like the woman with the store with the 11 people, she yeah. was attached to the idea that half of the people that walked in her store should be buying something instantaneously. Okay. That she was attached to that vision. Like think about when you're training for your, for your races, right? You're attached to this. Okay. 
I'm, I'm, you know, a workout doesn't count as a workout unless I do X. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of a task. And then that and should I'm... produce Y in a time result on race yes. day. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, but I know I just saw one of your posts, like you were out biking and it rained, it, like you got yeah. caught in a storm. Okay. So you didn't, I'm going to guess whatever the number of miles you wanted to bike that day, it didn't happen. I didn't get it. No, I was 14 okay. short. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. You are back out there the next day or whenever, right? You're, you're committed to achieving the, the result is like, let's do the race and, and get through it. Not the, yeah. the 14 miles. If you're just attached to the 14 miles, then you would have thrown the hat and be like, well, forget that. I got to back up two weeks on my yeah, training. You know schedule. what? This makes me think about something. So my coach said that, so doing Kona, she said, you know, it's super hard. And she's like, the, she literally said this, the athletes who are so attached to, but this is the power I have to have. And here's how many calories I have to drink and blah, 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 blah. It's not going to happen on race day. It won't. You'll lose your body, no. you lose your nutrition. Right. It's windy, whatever. They're the ones who you see on the side of the road. They're walking, they're quitting because they were too attached to the process of like what they yep. thought it had to look like to get the result instead of, but here's what I'm dealt with today. So I'll do what I have with what I have. Yes. Today. Yes. So those are, those people are committed. Like, okay, I'm just going to work at this for as long as it takes. Maybe I'm not going to drink as much because whatever, re like, who knows? So yeah. going back to like those hundred women in the room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The ones that aren't succeeding and I'm putting this in like air quotes or the ones that aren't succeeding, they're not thinking big they're not extraordinary big thinkers are extraordinarily committed they're like i'm gonna work at this no matter how long it takes no matter what it looks like whether it rains or snows or it's sunny yep. the ones that aren't there yet that haven't happened they're either attached to it has to look like a certain way and if it falls off track then the whole thing is over or they're just interested it sounds great but they're not really committed. And they come up with a lot of excuses like, well, when my kids go back to school or when, yeah. you know. Construction when done outside. Just, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that I want like check, like if you're listening, just check in with yourself, whatever you're working on, are you extraordinarily committed to it and constantly going? I, I haven't talked about this, but in the book, I do a whole big thing about going to the future you. So the person that has finished the race, the person that um, has the sales that they want, regardless of how many people walk in the store, that future you, that person, are you asking them what to do today? Today, they would just say, hey, Sierra, keep going. Who, who cares you didn't get those 14 miles in? Like, get back on it tomorrow. Whatever the training schedule says, like, it's okay. Or they, the future you would say to the store owner, hey, 11 people came in today. What, like, that's awesome. What are we going to do with those 11 people? Or, hey, keep going. Next week, maybe you're going to have 15. That's future you. The people that aren't thinking big, that aren't extraordinarily committed, that aren't going to their future you, they're stuck yeah. in their present you. They're stuck just being interested. There's some fear that won't make them, that won't turn them into committed or they're stuck and they're attached to what it must look like. It has to look like A, B, and C. Yeah. That's the difference. So can we break through 
because yes, okay okay because you know I I talk to so many people as do you and we want the bet like every time we talk to a client or potential client we can see we can see their potential we can see yeah. opportunity we can also see the hard journey in front of them but like I have one gal she's asked me multiple times do you think there's hope for me do you think there's hope <laughs> which is interesting. Of course I say yes, because I believe it. Like I wouldn't work with you and I would never lie to a client as I know you wouldn't either. How do we help one another in our support system? So if you're listening, how do you help a fellow entrepreneur? How can we help? How do we help ourselves break through? Let's end with that today. Okay. So number one is I don't love the word hope. Okay. Um, and I'm not like not in a whole in the whole religious sense, I could say I like the word hope. But as an entrepreneur, I don't like the word hope because it's it's guess what? You're just hoping you're not committed. You're just interested. You're like dabbling. Maybe yeah. this will happen, maybe it won't. It's kind of like the person who's like, Well, but I'm not gonna really do well in that race. And I already know. Okay. You're already so, you're already checking out. Yeah. So way. I think yeah. don't use the word hope would be my first first piece of the puzzle there. But how do you make the shift? I think there's three things that you need to do. And this is, these are actually the three parts of the book. So the book's kind of, I truly wanted it to be a guide. I mean, I didn't, it's not all like woo-woo. It's like, hey, here are some practical things, but here's, I broke it into three parts. Part one is really about this big mindset, which is a lot of what we've been talking about today. Yeah. Part two. Okay. Next thing, so you got to kind of start getting your, wrapping your head around some different thinking. Then you have to create a plan. So part two is big plan. Okay. You've got to like, this is kind of the nuts and bolts. What are you going to do? How are we going to do this? You've got the mindset now or the belief plan to support it. Now you've got to create an action plan and a time plan. Okay. okay. So big plan. And then number three, I titled that part of the book called big results. Okay. So no matter what you do, it, it, there's, we talked about the uncertainty, right? That's going to get thrown in there soon enough. And you're going to have some sort of outcome or some sort of results. And then you have to get really good at figuring out, is this the result I wanted? Are there parts of this that I like? Um, is this just horrible? And you have to kind of start to create what I call a high value cycle of thinking. You can't just say, well, that didn't work and throw it all out the yeah. window and go back to zero. Okay. Yeah. You've got to kind of evaluate and assess and hone, like tweak it a little bit and then move on to the next shift in your mindset and then your next plan. And then you're going to have the next result. So you you have to kind of think about it as a three-part process and you can't forget that third one. You can't say, oh, I got a result. It's over. Check. You know, when this happens, then I'm going to be amazing. Nope. You've got to kind of evaluate that result or that outcome, like your end of the, the science experiment and yep. craft your next science experiment. Yeah. So, and remember, this is really hard to do without some support. I mean, it, yeah. it's just like, you're not, you're training for this race. You're not just like, well, I just got out my little notebook and I'm going to, no, no, you've got all the support in the world. Right. And sometimes the support we need is just knowing I have to do this because my coach is going to look at it yeah, that's, and that's okay yeah like, sometimes we need the accountability to help us move forward yeah 
And there's no shame in that. Sometimes people are yeah. like, well, I should be able to do this myself. Yes. We all I mean, think Sarah, that as women, especially, don't we? Yeah, we should be. I mean, it's just running and some biking and a swim. And you know how to do all those three things. You should be able to do that by yourself. What do you think do? Right. right. Yeah. Or like, think most of us also that start businesses, there's no, we, it doesn't come with a manual. And even if yeah. you have a business degree, it's still, a, <laughs> there's no manual. So no, you shouldn't know how to do this and you shouldn't know how to do it with also managing all the other responsibilities we have. So I'm a big proponent of a coaching both on life and business. They're, they're intertwined. So yeah. when I work with my clients, it's like all fair game. I mean, they could start talking about why the 11 people didn't come in the store or the 11 people that did come in the store. And then that, that evolves into, well, I'm really worried about my kid and, you know, they're not performing at school and that's, what's really occupying my mind. And so yeah. now I just want to post on social media and not talk to anyone. Yeah. Make a pretty okay. graphic. Yeah. Yes. Let's do that. So it's all fair game. And I think we, as if we're, if you're a female listening to this, you have to recognize that. And so that you need support in all sorts of ways. And here's a little secret. Even if you have like a very supportive spouse. Okay. Yeah. 99% of the people I talk to have a supportive family or spouse or someone yeah. they're supporting you by loving you and wanting to see you succeed, but they're not supporting you. They don't know how to support you through some of this hard stuff. Like it's not their role. Like yes. that's not and their that's job. Okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Like it's okay. They can still be supportive in their own way. So yeah. a lot of times people say, well, I have my husband and I bounce ideas off of him, but he's not very much help. He shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> like he's doing his supportive role. He's staying in yeah. his box. Good. Let him stay there. So, yeah. so the four things were consider all your thought options, figure out what the real problem is, which is really you not feeling, you not wanting to feel a negative emotion, um, embracing ambiguity and uncertainty, and then seeking support. And and yeah. I love that part too about there's a chapter in the book about committed and interested and attached. Like that's really juicy stuff. Yeah, that's super juicy stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you want more of the juice, you have to go get the book, read it all. You do have to go get with the book. Andrea. Yes, I yes. love it. Okay, so before we go today, tell me why you went into a cold plunge tub. I was watching you on <laughs> Instagram. I did it twice. I got okay. it twice now. Okay. okay. So we're going to find a little, little mindset stuff here. I think tell us. Okay. Okay. So you can go see my cold plunge on Instagram. It's andrea.libros.coaching. <laughs> All right. So I, I always love a challenge. Okay. So I've been kind of my sister-in-law, she doesn't listen to any podcasts, so she would never listen to this. My sister-in-law just bought this cold plunge tub, like at Costco. Okay. So and I, so I started to do some Googling and I was like, what is she doing? But she's, she's very into like holistic medicine and it just kind of got my juices flowing. And then I saw there was this opportunity at this club we belong to that on a Saturday morning, you could go $30, do some breath work and then do this cold plunge with a coach. Okay. So here's the okay. key. Yep. There was a cold plunge coach there coaching you through your cold plunge. So I thought, Okay, I, that's that makes it a little more appealing. But why do I yeah. even really want to do this? It was another way for me to experience discomfort. It was another way for me to like like strengthen that discomfort muscle. Yeah. It was another way to kind of prove to myself that 
yeah, I can push those through those negative feelings, right? So it was just in another form. Yeah. And that was why I thought, you know, that was kind of another reason for me to go do it because part of thinking big is moving past that discomfort, right? So this is just, it was just like another way to exercise that muscle. Like I talk about sometimes how we have to yeah. strengthen our follow through muscles. Yeah. We have to strengthen our think big muscles too. Yeah. So that's why I did it. And I, I did it, it again. I've done it. What, so I, I haven't, I didn't post the second time, but okay. yeah, I'm going to do it a third time. Follow. See, follow, keep follow following. Following. Yeah. Go Andrea, Andrea coaching. If you want, there's a link in the bio to get to the book, or you can head to she thinks big, the book.com. And no matter when you go there, whether it's today, tomorrow, or three years from now, there'll be info there on how to access the book and also how to get some, um, you know, kind of extra goodies and tools. So there's that. So good. And you are kind enough to connect with my mastermind ladies, which is one of the great benefits of working one-on-one with me, because I know a lot about numbers, but I'm not a master at the mind and the mindset. And so I love bringing in people to that master other skills because that's the support, right? Like I want, right. That's exactly it. Yes. That's exactly it. And if I decide to ever do an Ironman, I mean, I'm calling you like, I don't know. (laughs) And I'll talk you through it all. It's all good. Super. Well, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate our time with you. We'll put all of your links and everything in the show notes and congratulations on your book launch. It's a beautiful cover Thank you. too. I mean, which is so important, right? Thanks. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, just, we could do a podcast on that. How much work goes into these friggin' books, right? So much, so much, so much, yeah. so, so much, but it's good. It's a new skill we learn. Yeah, it is. It is. That's true. There you go. <laughs> yep. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If you um, have any questions, thoughts, please reach out. Hello at sierrastockland.com or you can head over to the website, sierrastockland.com where we'll have this listed along with all of um, Andrea's tools and tips and information on her book as well. And I will see you all next week. All right. Bye for now. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you wanna dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I wanna invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I wanna help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck, because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me, I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey, boutique owner, are you ready to go from drowning in busy work to dreaming about the future? Simple Strategies Group creates automated marketing systems that work 24-7 so you do not have to. And you know how important I tell you it is to have automated, simplified systems. And that's why you need to get a hold of Liz. Liz Whitehead is a certified Clavio Master Silver Partner as well as a certified Postscript Partner. She knows her stuff. She works with e-commerce product-based businesses to implement email and text marketing strategies that build trust and nurture your customer relationships. She wants to do this for you so that you can start to focus on the front lines of your boutique business. So visit simplestrategiesgroup.com for more info. That's simplestrategiesgroup.com.